Once again, welcome to another exciting episode of Healthcare Today with the HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor. And each and every time we uh, get together, I want to thank you for tuning in to Bobo 89.1 FM. This time we're talking about World Premature Awareness Month and also World Premature Prematurity Awareness Day. Now, I, I have with me um, uh, one of our, is it neonatal nurse? Neonatal nurse, uh, Miss Angela, with us. Uh, she's going to be uh, basically telling us a little bit about um, the process and understanding what uh, prematurity is, and also um, helping us um, understand the Awareness Month and also Awareness Day because this is celebrated worldwide, isn't it, Miss Angela? Hi, good afternoon, and thank you for having me. Um, yes, the World Prematurity Awareness Month is a global recognition of premature birth and sometimes the devastating effects a premature, having a premature baby can have on the entire family itself. Mm -hmm. So it is a global awareness um, uh, month. And, and we, we, we try to... Um have an open conversation about it. So I hope, you know, anyone listening here understand it's a couple of uh, technical terms that we need to... A normal pregnancy is about how many weeks? Normal pregnancy is 40 weeks. So when we say premature, means prem means before. Mm -hmm. So it would be a baby that is born before they get to the 40-week gestation. Okay. Um, so any baby born before 37 weeks or your eight and a half months, roughly would be considered to be premature. Okay. But we do have subcategories of premature, okay. um, how we categorize them. So you can have your extremely preterm, and those are the ones that are born from 24 weeks to 28 weeks. Wow, that's really early. Really early. And then we have our extremely, then our very preterm, mm -hmm. who are from 28 weeks to 32 weeks and our moderate to late preterm from 32 to 37 weeks. Okay. We take 24 weeks. So the full pregnancy is 40 weeks, but we take from 24 weeks because um, developmentally, how a baby is developed, 24 weeks is the age, roughly, where we can say this baby can survive outside the uterus. Okay. Obviously, given that we have to use... Um, Ventilator support, right. medication. Yes, support, support for 24 weeks. Uh -huh. Less than that, maybe not so much. You may have a few 23 weekers who do make it, uh -huh. but they do make it with a lot of comorbidity problems because okay. there are lots of stuff that can happen to a preterm baby. Right. And, and, and that's one of the things, you know, um, being that uh, we're talking about it, uh, this month, uh, the month of uh, November, is World prematurity awareness month and world prematurity awareness day specifically is on november 17th so that's just coming up in a few weeks folks and you know we, we want to wear raise awareness for it because you know this is something that we we talk about it for a woman on a woman's side it's devastating but also from a family side the the toll that this takes on a family with uh, resources, stress levels, things like that is enormous, isn't it? It is enormous um, because what one you know you you're pregnant and you're expecting to go the full hog for mm -hmm. two weeks, and then suddenly you're in labor 25, 28 weeks. Oftentimes, most of the times, 
parents aren't ready. Right. M- not ready. M- not mentally. mentally not right. ready. Physically not ready. Mm-hmm. Home wise not ready because you know sometimes you have other children in the family and they have their set routines. Right. You know you have the drop off to school, the pick up from school, the extracurricular activities, all those things that you do on a regular basis. So when a baby comes early that is not well planned, that can throw off your family routine. Right. And and, and this can be for. Numerous factors. It, it could be medically wise. It could be stress related. Stress related. It, it could be numerous factors. Why? Uh, and is it okay to use the term preemie? Because I keep preemie. Hearing, preemie. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot. You know, um, from expecting mothers that you know they hope the baby isn't a preemie. They want to go to the full term. So uh, we'll, we'll use that term. And what's the, some of the challenges that babies may have if they're born prematurely? So. As we said earlier about the different stages of a preterm baby, mm-hmm. some of the challenges that they the challenges vary according to how old your baby is. So a baby born 24 to 28 weeks might will have more challenges than say a baby born at 32 to 37 weeks. So the earlier the baby is born, the more challenges that baby is going to okay. have. So some of the common challenges that we have or we see is one, you know, people will hear about. PDA, a patent ductus arteriosus, or people say a hole in the heart. That's okay. one of the common challenges of a preterm baby. Okay. And it's just an abnormal flow of blood, of how the blood flows within the heart. And that sometimes requires surgical intervention to be corrected. At a, at a baby level, at a baby stage? Wow. At a baby stage. Often not immediately at birth, but as, close as closer as they get to being term, mm-hmm. then we get that corrected before they actually discharge home. Okay, okay. Plus, there is the added factor of retinopathy of prematurity, which can lead to blindness. It's the fragile vessels in the eyes if they break. Yes. Okay. Um, and some t- we have to use oxygen on these babies to support their respiratory system. So that affects these vessels, and then they can go blind. However, there's technology. Mm-hmm. So you can give them laser treatment on the eyes if it's detected early. Right. And, you know, later on they can have corrective glasses. Mm-hmm. So you can see little, little kids running around with these very thick bifocals. Right. You can tell some of them were preemies. Okay. There's also gut problems whereby the intestines develop an infection called necrotizing enterocolitis, which is higher in preterm babies. And then that puts the babies back with feeding challenges. Sometimes that does require surgical intervention again, which Mm -hmm. may lose some of their intestines. And these feeding challenges are long-term. So there's a lot of things that can happen to your preterm baby. It's really varied. um, As a a listening mother, someone's listening there, um, how can you help? your baby to reach term what, what, what you know eating properly what, what to, because what you just said is a lot to take in for any expecting mother new you know you've had some it doesn't matter this is a human being that we're talking about here and it's your child so how can we kind of help mothers do the i don't want to say the right thing but just do this the correct thing to help get to term how can we do that Okay, um, the best thing mothers can do is once you are planning your pregnancy or once you've discovered that you're actually pregnant, is to ensure you get proper antenatal care while you're pregnant. That is 
the, the best thing you could ever do. So once you're pregnant, go see your healthcare provider or your midwife, and they will guide you. They'll tell you about your nutrition. They'll do regular checks on you and, uh, and on the baby as well to see how baby's developing. And sometimes medical conditions that mom may have Mm-hmm. But we're under control. Those can get a little bit out of hand during the hormonal changes of pregnancy. And there are some that mom never had. But okay. in this pregnancy, it comes to the front, um, like hypertension. And most times, premature babies uh, babies are delivered prematurely because mom developed hypertension in pregnancy. Okay. Yeah. And she was I, never hypertensive. I, I didn't realize that. Yes. that that's, a, that's a huge yes, factor. Yes, that's a very that. huge factor in black women. Mm-hmm. Um, hypertension in pregnancy. Um, so once you're seeing your healthcare provider, they are able to give you the correct medications, monitor you closely mm-hmm. during your antenatal care, which Re- will regular checkups are uh, regular are checkups are a must. Definitely, and and folks, uh, we're, we're talking here today. Uh, welcome to the show about World Prematurity Awareness Month and also World Prematurity Awareness Day which just happens to be on November 17th. All of this month, um, we're going to be talking about issues related to babies, um, health issues. I mean, one of the things I saw that, you know, popped up, you, you were talking about hearing and vision problems. I, I didn't think of that per se. I, I think of cerebral palsy and learning disabilities and poor growth, you know, uh, uh, underdeveloped child. But there are other... Um, neurological problems that go along with this because pre when you were born premature the body develops in stages so each say every month you know your baby matures more and more and more while the baby's on the inside mm-hmm. so obviously when the baby comes out whatever month it comes out or whatever week it comes out something just didn't get properly formed yeah developed right so say your baby's out at 29, 30 weeks or a little bit less. Um, the brain, the vessels in the brain are still super, super fragile. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they develop a bleed on the brain, just like an adult having a stroke. They right. develop a bleed and depending on what area on the brain or the size of that bleed, then that baby growing up will have developmental challenges. So they m- may have... Um, the need to use a wheelchair mm-hmm. and or speech problems, walking problems, as we did say with the eyes, vision yeah, problems, vision, vision and hearing. But you wouldn't really know until your child is not achieving those developmental milestones. Oh, okay. We can predict. The doctors can predict based Certain on things. what they yes, but right. you wouldn't. They, they can only tell you. From what we've seen before, a child with this size bleed on the brain mm-hmm. will have this challenge, that challenge. Right. So they can predict ba- ba- a little ba- ba- bit. Based, based on the knowledge knowledge base that you've seen in the past, you have this kind yes. of understanding. But but physically, you're able to see things like the hole in the heart and things of yes. that nature earlier. But the learning disabilities and vision and, and hearing problems, you won't see that until the child begins to grow? Actually, for visual, vision and hearing, we have um, diagnostic tests that we do okay. do. Here at HSA, all our babies who are, dis- who are born at HSA do get a hearing check before they go home. 
Okay. All babies routine, whether or not they're preterm or whether or not they're term, they are routinely screened for their hearing. Okay. So that's a part of the service that we do. So we do know. So if they have um, repeatedly been referred, we, we don't like to use the word fail mm -hmm. because sometimes, you know, we, we it might not be a it fail, be fail, something, something else. else. Right. So once on our system, when we are doing the hearing tests, we see the we see it being referred. We then send them out, you know, for a more in-depth hearing assessment before we make a decision to say, oh, your child is deaf. Okay. But it does give, give us some predictor and it does let the parents know that actually we've done the hearing. Mm -hmm. With the visions, our babies who are born less than 30 weeks, so 30 weeks and less, we do have them screened to check their vision as well wow. on a weekly so, basis. So, so... Just that 10 weeks makes that It makes big a of, huge difference. So a, difference. a baby born at 28 weeks and a baby born at 30 weeks, it's a huge difference. It's a huge difference in the amount of respiratory support sometimes that this baby needs mm -hmm. and the, the other challenges that comes with it. Wow. Okay. It, it, so, you know, sometimes if you know a, a woman who, who is a p potential candidate for a preterm baby, mm -hmm. you can say to her, please, 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 hang on until you get to 30 weeks. Hang on until you get right. to 32 you know, weeks. Because every week counts. You, you often hear, you know, they, they say, you know, keep her calm. Keep, keep her, you know, check her blood pressure. You know, you, you hear that a lot. In, and I, I, I kind of go back to our living in the Caribbean. Um, we have a lot of stressful that yeah. other, other communities in the world do not have. And, you know, whether it's weather-related, you know, different things. And, and we're not talking about that specifically, but stresses on the mother varies. And I always remember growing up, they always said, uh, you know, she, she's getting close to term. Try, try to keep her calm, you know, remove her out, out of whatever situation she's stressful. Maybe the job, maybe the home life, you know, whatever it was, remove her from that. Keep her calm because the baby is at risk. At risk. But remember, pregnancy itself is stressful mm -hmm. in itself. You, you may not have any other issues, but the pregnancy itself is stressful because it, there are psychological changes, physiological changes that go on with mom, hormones-wise. So that in itself, in itself is a stress. Mm -hmm. So having that as a stress, you try to reduce the other stresses around. So, you know, job stress... Some of it we can't escape, but right. if we can, you know, you, you know, you always try and reduce by, it as by, much. Exactly. And again, family support is very, very important. Having a good supportive system is really, really helpful to pregnant mothers. And you know, I know for us here on Cayman, a lot of persons here are just here, sort of like isolated from their families because they're here mm -hmm. for whether it be work reasons or mm -hmm. so on. So you don't have, you know, that extended that support extended you would have had system, if you were right. in your, 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 your home, per, home country, per se. Mm -hmm. But still having a support system here, whether it be through friends or work colleagues, it can help and it does make a huge difference. Excellent. Excellent. Once again, uh, we're talking uh, to Nurse Angela. 
She's a neonatal nurse over at the HSA. My name's Chuck Taylor. We'll be back in just a few. Uh, we're talking about World Prematurity Awareness Month, which happens to be the month of November, and World Prematurity Awareness Day, which is happening on November 17th. We'll be back in a few minutes. Keep it right here to Bobo 89.1 FM. Good, yeah, 15 minutes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I survived 15 minutes. Yeah, 15 minutes, you know, that's good. So I, I'll drop in a commercial now. Um, we can go back to uh, how significant is the problem. Here on Cayman. Right, exactly, and then we can talk a little bit about that. But you did good, and I only asked two questions. <laughs> You'll do fine. Oh. You're good on radio. You got a good voice, too. Oh, this is, this thank is you. Good. I this probably should have gone in, gone into my first choice of journalism. That was what really? I wanted to do. Girl. I could not afford it. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> now, now, that I understand. I couldn't afford it either. I, I took the long road. I, I just no. kept, kept at it, kept at it. Kept no, at I did it. not keep at it. I was like, girl, you need to find something that is not going to stress you out with a student loan. And at the time, the government was where, paying where, where for nursing. Was I'm Jamaican. Jamaican, okay, okay. So okay. the government was um, funding for nurses. And so it was a full training yeah. program, free. So, and yeah. I got a stipend out of it as well. So oh, man, I just man. thought, you know what? Take the wow. easy route. But I wanted to be a journalist. Wow. You, that's I, right. You have a good voice. You have a, a I very, don't a necessarily regret not being a journalist, though. The, the, let's put it this way. In Jamaica, you would have been very stressed. The, the, Everything the, is stressed down there, I tell you. Yes, but but <laughs> d during the time I'm thinking, it would have been you would have had to cover a lot of political political mm. element, and that alone would have put a lot of stress on you. Because I, I I do some of it, but I try to stay away from it because mm -mm. I my my blood level go up like this when it comes to political season, and and every season in Jamaica is. Political. Every day is political. Yeah, talk. every day is political. So <laughs> I, I totally understand. I, I did a lot of work in, for RGR and stuff like that back in the day with Mr. Mack and all of those guys. I, I did a lot of training for them and things like that when I was younger. So it would have been. Honestly, no. Yeah. But I'm glad you, you took the route you took. So we're here today. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's jump back into it. Once again, folks, thank you for tuning in. It's Healthcare Today with the HSM, your host, Chuck Taylor. And each and every Friday and Saturday, we get together and have this conversation, a very honest and frank conversation about issues that matter to you and also things that bring awareness to your health and the health being, well-being right here in the Cayman Islands. So uh, this month, we're talking about uh, World Prematurity Awareness Month, which happens to be the month of November, and World Prematurity Awareness Day which is November 17th. I'm talking with neonatal nurse, Miss Angela. She's here with us, uh, basically telling us about um, how um, the days came about and just um, getting you more concerned on how to basically escape the idea of prematurity. Now, and I say escape because you, we try to do our best to avoid the situation and how significant is this problem in Cayman, Miss Miss Angela? So, I'm I am relatively new to Cayman. So mm -hmm. I looked back on our admission statistics back to 2017. Mm -hmm. So I looked on all the babies that were premature and admitted to the unit, and from then there was an average of 60 to 65 babies per year being admitted for prematurity to our NICU. 
Unfortunately um, for us, most of those babies are in the 32 to 37 week range. Okay. So it's not too bad. It's the later pre later preterm. Stage. Yes. However, we do have some that are born less than 32 weeks. So most ideally, all babies less than 36 weeks are admitted to the NICU. Mm -hmm. Those babies born 28 less than 28 weeks are predominantly the ones that we would refer overseas for additional care because they would need longer term intensive care support. And oftentimes, as I talked about, you know, some may need surgery later on and mm -hmm. so on and so forth, which we do not provide here on Cayman. So we okay. rather send them on earlier so they can get the treatment they need overseas. Right. The, the, uh, the earlier, earlier you uh, approach it, the better results right. are, are right. able. So 30 to 37 weeks are our ones that we def the more ones we see here in Cayman and those mm -hmm. are the ones who will definitely stay with us unless they become severely unwell. Okay. Younger than that, we send them overseas. I was I was looking online uh, trying to get some information here. And and according to the World Health Organization, the um who um one in 10 births. One in 10. What that's a lot. That's a lot. Worldwide, that's a lot because that's over five million babies, all over. Every year. Every year. And and, and so I, you know, I was I was looking at that, and then I kind of revert back to the number now that now that you said the number here and came in, you know, sixty plus yes. for 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 an island of say seventy thousand people. That's rough. That's almost averaging. That's almost averaging. Yeah, so, so, so I was like, wow, okay, so, so we're in that global standardization, and it's scary <laughs> because I think if I'm a first-time parent or, or a second or third-time parent and I hear that my child is a newborn premature baby, what's my first step going to be? Well, that's the question most parents will ask. And that's where our pediatricians and our neonatologists come into play. So, you know, usually the women would have had a relationship most of the time mm -hmm. with their pre pediatrician before, you know, before, and, and right. before delivery. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they ask, what's next? So the pediatrician will walk them through the journey of, you know, you'll be at your, based on the gestation of the baby, what mm -hmm. to expect. Um, here on Cayman, this is what we will be able to offer your baby while your baby is here. However, if your baby do need to be transferred overseas, these are our transfer overseas options mm -hmm. in terms of service providers that they normally work with. Right. And then, you know, any question the parents have throughout that process, they work with the pediatrician and sometimes us as nurses to help them answer those. We, we try our best to, you know, answer and be truthful and factual about the expectations as best as possible. Yeah, I mean, that would be a, a conversation that is not just scary, but also heart wrenching. It is scary, you, you know. So, so you you want that conversation, you know, whether you're in the government pediatric or or you are in the private or you're a needle needle neonatal neonatal neonatal. neonatal. Um, Managing the expectations of it is priority once you know that, you know, this is a possibility. Um, I, I, I would assume that 
you the registered nurses and all of that. What's what's the the procedure from from your side? From our side. Yes, from your side. Okay, we are usually informed of an, uh, an impending admission, preterm admission, by the obstetric team, either by the obstetrician or the midwives themselves. They would liaise with us, the nurses, as well as the pediatrician responsible for this woman. So once they tell us that this lady is here with us, she's X number of weeks pregnant and she is in active labor. So the pediatrician tells us, okay, obviously this baby will need admission. Right. So at the, the, the midwives then tell us how this baby will be delivered, whether this is going to be a normal delivery on labor ward or this is going to be a C-section baby that will need to go to theater mm -hmm. to, for the delivery. Right. So once we know that, you know, a pediatrician and a neonatal nurse goes to the delivery, um, and that's just to manage the baby at birth because oh. most of the times these babies will need some amount of respiratory support from the get-go, the minute they come out. Right. You don't know what condition they are coming out, so they will need stimulation. They will need sometimes resuscitation there at birth. Mm -hmm. So the pediatrician... So you have everything in. just in case. We have everything just in case. We have our warmer. Heat is of paramount to these babies because once they get cold... It's all downhill from there. Okay. So we try as much, as much as possible to keep these babies warm. We have our ventilators ready. We have our um, resuscitation, oxygen, and suction ready. We also do here at HSA, we give them a medicine to help with maturing the lung called surfactant. Okay. We do administer that as well to these preterm babies. Cause to, to help with the breathing. To, yes, to help their lungs mature. Because their lungs are premature, so it, it's very stiff. It won't go up and down as okay. we, it, it should be. So when we give that medicine, it kind of breaks the surface tension and allows it to expand and help. from the yes. inside. Okay. Yeah. So we, we do a lot here at HSA. The, the, it, it, it's a very complicated and I'm just amazed by the fact that that this can happen just shy of a few weeks from birth, you know. So so literally, when you are, are, are three and four weeks out, there's still some issues that could be complicated there. Yeah. Wow. Um, so um, over at uh, the, the HSA, uh, how many beds and stuff do you have available for? Because I'm assuming... It may not be a case, but maybe you have two or three pregnancies at the same time. So, so tell me a little, walk me through, uh, what is the premature care over in this, what is it, CIHSA? Okay. <laughs> so, our neonatal unit at HSA has six beds, six designated beds for our NICU babies. Um, unfortunately, sometimes we do run over that. Like this week, we've been over that a bit. Okay. Yeah. So we have six um, beds. We have ventilators that we do. We are able to manage care for baby. We have three ventilators. So if we have three babies need to be ventilated, mm -hmm. not breathing on their own and need the ventilator, we have three. Um, so far, we've we've had two at a time, but not more no. than two so right. far since I've been here. Of course, here. keep keep that yes. in the prayers right. So we have CPAPs as well. So they may need support, but not 
they can breathe on their own, but they need a little bit su of support. So they don't really need the ventilator to do the breathing for them. Mm -hmm. So we step it down to CPAP. We have CPAPs that we use on these babies. And, and, and for the public, um, you, you may, may just be tuning in. We're talking uh, today with uh, Nurse Angela about um, prematurity, uh, the month awareness of it, which is November, and also prematurity awareness day, which is November 17th. So when you say that, people, take in mind, uh, you may not know what CPAP is. That is uh, a piece of breathing, breathing. apparatus that you would put on your face. Now, mind you, I've seen adult ones. I did not know <laughs> they had them for, yes. for, for, for tiny, tiny babies. Funny enough, our babies were first with CPAPs. Your people came later. <laughs> oh, I, I, had no, I had no knowledge of that. I just remember, you know, hearing and seeing it on TV. Yes. And I was like, oh, this is a thing now. Okay, yes, you, you need yes. CPAP, you know, and, and they use it for adults for sleeping disorder. But I now now I know for that now, for all now, now I know that babies had it first. Yes. I had no knowledge yeah. of that. So we give them their CPAP, which helps them to breathe. Usually, this they usually need in the initial, I'd say, depending on how young, maybe the first five days, five days to a week, okay. and then we step them down to high flow or low flow oxygen, where it's just basically oxygen, mm -hmm. and then they progress from there. Okay, understandable. Um, um, psychotherapists, OTs, all of that, they see the babies under the, th when they're there and everything, checking for, I guess, for de developmental, developmental delays, okay. how they're developing. And, and, and we're able to do that here on island? Here on island, we do have our physiotherapist who comes and sees our babies. Any baby born below 30 weeks is actually seen by the physiotherapist while they are on the unit and she follows them home. So it's a journey that she starts with them in hospital, but she follows them home and monitor their developmental progress while they have been discharged and growing. Okay, so so it, it's even after the fact of yes. birth and, and yeah. leaving the hospital. Yes. Uh, and that was one of the things I was, um, um, you know, I, I haven't had a child in so many years. So all of this is kind of new to me. So, so for anyone in there out there who's listening, who's thinking about having a child, or maybe, or maybe in term right now, um, you know, please, please, please listen carefully because this is information for you. So, um, they follow them after their discharge, and continue. Yes. So they build this relationship with the parents once the baby is with us. So then they assess their movement, their tone, their activities. And basically, as the babies grow, they are looking to see if they're achieving their milestones, looking to see if they are doing what they're supposed to be doing at three months. Are they sitting up? Are they rolling over? As they get further on, are they crawling? How are they crawling? Are they crawling lopsided? Is there something there? So the physiotherapists are the ones who actually do that once they leave us. Mm -hmm. So while we may have them for the first couple of weeks or a couple of months, the physiotherapists have them for longer. Right. They, yes. They're there with them at the start and continue. And, and continue with them even at home. And, and that's good to know because I, I would assume um, the, the expectation is scary when you don't know. So, so based on that, you know, as I said, we talked about being it, the, the vision and the sight and those things of like that. But the, the building process of the body at that point in time you may not know what you're looking for. But the professionals will guide you. But the you. professional one. It does. So, so th that's one of the things that I, I definitely want my listeners to, to take in heed. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, we're out of the woods. 
no, you're you're not out of it because there has to be a watch of the developmental yes. stages of that baby. Sometimes preterm babies have developmental delays. They are a little bit late. They take a little bit, little bit longer to reach their milestone than if a baby is born term. Mm -hmm. So the physiotherapist on the outside, along with the pediatrician, when they come in for their um, clinic appointments, they'll be doing their full assessment to see where they are at, if anything is going wrong or if everything is on track, and they uh, um, will advise the parents as to what to do and where to go. Exactly. Um, once again, if you're just tuning in, uh, thank you so much. My name is Chuck Taylor, and I'm talking here with neonatal nurse Angela. Uh, we're talking about World Prematurity Awareness Month, which is uh, the month of November, and a World Prematurity Awareness Day, which is this coming 17th of the month. And um, one of the things that I want to talk about is tell us a little bit about the initial care with the delivery of it. I, I know that, you know, midwife, midwife obstetrician team, t tell me a little bit about that. Okay, so in terms of the delivery, once the baby comes out, the ba we have what we call a resuscitator, a baby warmer. Mm -hmm. So the baby's moves on to there, and that's where we kind of, both the nurse and the physician does their initial assessment of this baby. So we look for the tone, is the baby floppy, is the baby vigorous and moving? Mm -hmm. Is it breathing? What's the breathing like? Is the heart beating? Because those are general things that we look at first. Is the heart beating? Right. Um, how Rhythm, fast is the heart right, beating? Right. Because yes, that, that will tell us, do we actually need to intervene? Do we actually need to resuscitate this baby? The breathing, the tone, and the heart rate, those are the three key things we look for to tell us whether or not we need to resuscitate this baby and how much resuscitation this baby will need. Once we've gotten past that, it's ensuring the baby is kept warm. Once baby is breathing fine, kept warm, we move from the delivery area, whether it was in theater or on labor ward, we move the baby from there onto the NICU. And okay. then onto the NICU, now they go back on another warmer or in an incubator, and we put on a full set of monitoring on this baby. So there we monitor their heart rate, their breathing, their oxygen saturation, which tells us a little bit of how well they're oxygenating. Mm -hmm. Nutrition. Uh, nutrition. They're, they're so if they need lines, yes. Right. If they need lines, we mm -hmm. put in lines, usually it's through the belly button, mm -hmm. which is an umbilical line. And that line we give our medicines. Most of the time we give them antibiotics down that line, or we give them what we call TPN, which is parenteral nutrition. So babies born early, one of the things we need to remember, babies born early, they will not feed. They can't suck and swallow. So okay. we have to do wow. the feed. Okay. Mm -mm. They're, they're, <laughs> it's not... The, the, those parts of the body hasn't developed. No. Okay. For the baby to, f to, to, to feed by itself, baby needs to be able to do three things. They need to coordinate their sucking, their swallowing, and their breathing. So they can't be sucking, then forgetting to breathe, then forgetting to swallow. No, they have to be able to coordinate those three things. And we usually see that coming in around 35, 36 weeks properly. Okay. Okay. Earlier than that, we tend to put a tube down the nose, into the tummy, feed the baby. Okay. Earlier babies, like your 25, 28 weeks, they can't get a good volume of milk because their tummy is still too small. Right. So, But what we then do is through that line in the belly button, the umbilical line, 
we give them nutrition, which is a, a kind of liquid nutrition. Okay. And that's tailored to the baby and, and, every and day. And that's like a central access Central line. access, okay. yes. Okay. And, and that allows you to monitor, give nutrition and medication yeah. uh, for a couple of days until, yes. until you... Until, until you we establish the, the right. milk feeding. Okay. Yeah. And, and that, that makes sense because um, the first couple of days, I'm a, there's 24-hour care on this baby. It's yes. a 24-hour yes. watch based on everything that you told me. You know, you're checking the incubator, the radiated heat. Yes, All or of these ventilator things require yes. someone to be monitoring this yeah. child 24-7. 24-7. Usually it's a nurse. You know what? Uh, honestly, there's a connection that goes with this. I, I mean, we're, we're talking in... in now I'm going to get to the emotional part of it because uh, we got a couple of things that we're going to discuss here. But the connection that nurses and doctors have when this child is in this infancy and in need of help. Yeah, to, I must say within HSA, we have a very good working relationship with our doctors, both those in the government HSA and the doctors we work in collaboration with from the um, private, private side. We have mm -hmm. a very good relationship. So um, for these babies, trust is important because as we said earlier, we are there 24 sevens. Um, so we have to be the eyes and ears to be able to alert the doctor. They come in, they make their assessment. They have to trust us enough to understand the plan that they want to be put in place and follow their instructions as well. Yeah. And if there's any reason we come up on something where we are not able to follow through the plan that they have laid down. You know, it's a discussion between us and them. Right. You know, they come in and have another review, have another plan. So it's a tight-knit teamwork for, for us to get this, um, to get the care down pat. It's and a really good, it has to be a really good team. And I must say we do have that. that, that that's, that's one of the things I was just about to come to. I said, you know, um, if I'm a parent, I'm putting... Not, not just trust, but everything I have in the fact that you and every doctor and everyone in this building know what you're doing for the betterment of my child. That's the scary part. Um, you want to be in control as a parent because this is your child and you need to be able to do everything for your child. And we get that. And we, we do know that sometimes, you know, the stress from the parent is because they are not able to do it for their child. And we do understand that. So we try as a team to, you know, make them feel comfortable with us knowing, being feeling reassured in that we are able to care for their babies and we know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So both from consultants, pediatricians, and, neonatologists to us. And, and I think in this day and age, if I'm uh, expecting parent, mother or, or father, and I hear you talk like this, the understanding that you're giving me, the passion that you're giving me, the professionalism that you are talking about makes me more at ease. We hope it does. We really, we, we, we fully understand that it's a very stressful time for parents and we try as best as possible to make the journey as pleasurable. I mean, it will never be pleasurable, but the little moments that they have with their babies, mm -hmm. you know, we try to make it good for the parents. You know, because because just as just as my child come out, I want to hold my child. I want to. I want. I'm. I don't want to leave the side of that baby. 
that child that 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 is that is how every parent you know in in going into a situation like this would feel that's the sad part with a preterm baby you may not get to hold your baby for the first couple of days because of all that's going on right and and you know the the idea is that i don't want to leave the hospital i i don't want to sleep i I literally, I literally have watched people be dragged out of saying, "Come on, you, you need to rest. You, you, you can't help your baby by being sick. So, so you need to literally go home, rest, leave it in the hands of the professional, pray that they know what they're doing because they do, and come back tomorrow." So, what we've done um, as a neonatal unit. We have open visiting, 24 hours. So the parents can just pop in and see their child okay. at will. It was a little bit difficult with COVID restrictions, mm -hmm. but now we've come out of that. We've lifted the restrictions a bit. So it's slightly different. We don't place a set visiting time on the parents anymore. Mm -hmm. They can come in even just for a five minutes, just to eyeball their baby, because some parents just want to eyeball, yeah, it's still there. And we give them that opportunity. Okay. We allow them to call us any time of the day. You're home 2 a.m. in the morning and you can't sleep and you want to check up on your baby, give us a call. Let, Somebody's let, here to answer. Let me backtrack a little bit. covid we're, we're oh on, on, I know, on the tail end <laughs> of it, and, and, and still it's around, and it probably be around for the rest of our lives. But with that being said, how, how did you fare through that? It was not so much of us how did we fare. It was how the parents fared. Okay. Because it was a very difficult time for them. Because they were not able to... Because in the initial onset, when we didn't know exactly what we were dealing with, mm -hmm. most people went into total shutdown. Yeah. To 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 total total shutdown. Yeah. yeah. Once, no visits. Mm -hmm. or And then later on, we allowed them a 15-minute visit per day. Right. So that was very tough for the parents. Can you imagine not being allowed to see your newborn baby? You know, you don't know what's happening. Right. So that was tough for them. And I think on the back end of that, we got the backlashes, you know, okay. and we took that on because that's part of knowing that it's just the frustration. This is not who these people really right. are. Yes. It's a frustration of not being able to be with their baby, see their baby, the mental effect it has. Mm -hmm. So that was tough. I wouldn't say it was. It was tough for us having to watch the parents right. go through it. Go through it. But I can just imagine how tough it was for them. Okay. Understandable. Um. We're talking today with uh, Nurse Angela. She is from the neonatal unit over at the HSA. We're going to be back in just a few minutes if you're just tuning in. We're talking about uh, maturity here with our children, which is World Prematurity Awareness Day, which happens to be on November 17th, and World Prematurity Awareness Month, which is all the month of November. My name is Chuck Taylor. We'll be back in just a few minutes. We'll talk about some challenges that, that parents and family has when uh, dealing with a preterm baby. As you could hear, we just talked a little bit about the COVID. I'm going to try to put that aside for a little bit and talk about how we can prevent uh, premature birth and, and what to the parents face in with a preterm baby. Coming up in just a few minutes right here in Healthcare Today with the HSA. Forty three minutes. Yeah. Yes. Only yeah. fifteen minutes more. Yeah, you're, doing, you're, doing, you're almost there. Oh my god. I must say I wasn't here on Cayman for the whole I came the back end of COVID. I came last year, June. So for the beginning of COVID and the real harsh part of COVID, I was actually in London. 
because I'd been there for the last 18 years. Okay, okay. Um, it was tough, but we, we didn't go hard like they did here on Cayman. We didn't go that hard. We did allow them to visit. Really? In the first beginning, when we didn't know what we were dealing with, we allowed them just um, twice per day visit. So one set, we would not, we, we would have them on shifts. Right. So one set came from same, 8 to 12 right. and another from 12 to 8. Okay. So they chose if they want to come in the morning or if they want to come at night. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to 8 to 8. And then later on, we just opened up. Okay. okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you about um, the global view with dealing with a preterm baby because you know Cayman's a little bit more stringent a little bit more difficult and you can give me that information yeah. based on that okay all right let's uh get into this thank you so much for tuning in it's healthcare today with the hsa i'm your host chuck taylor as we uh sit down and talk about a important month and an important day folks if you're just tuning in we're talking about world prematurity awareness day which happens to be on november 17th of this month and also, this month is World Prematurity Awareness Month. And it deals with the babies, the youngest of the young, and preemies, as they say. So um, I'm talking here with uh, Nurse Angela from the neonatal unit. Um, some of the challenges that parents and families ch chase when it comes to this uh, financial. Um, we, we've been talking about everything, and I was trying to trying to save this till the end, but let's talk about the financial care of a preterm baby. Give me a little bit idea, a broad view of that. It is expensive. Wow, that, that's, that's a pretty broad view of I, it. I'm not sure exactly of the rate here in Cayman, but I've worked previously in the UK, and for an intensive care day, mm -hmm. just a day, it was 6,000 pounds. 6,000? Okay, in perspective, yes, six thousand pounds, pounds per day. Per day, yeah, for a preterm yeah. baby. Yeah, so wow. and, and that's on inf information from insurance companies and all. So, so the treatment of that child requires a numerical value of approximately six thousand pounds in the UK. Yes. Wow. So, and here on Cayman, it's slightly different and. Because your care here is based on an insurance right. thing. The sad thing is, and I don't know if I'm okay to say it here, mm. is that one of the challenges we do find is for our preterm babies, if the need, if they have the need to be transferred abroad, is when we run into issues because the parents' insurance may not be adequate enough to sustain that trip, and okay. therein lies the problem. And in in yes, you, you, it's okay to say that because. I think, as we said, always an honest and frank conversation. Maybe somebody out there listening who knows a little bit more about this can help to look into and be like, ah, we need to take a look at this because yeah. this is happening. And mind you, we said the number before. We have 67 preterm babies. Out of that, 20 may be in that extremely delicate 20 Eight, 24 to 28. 20, yeah, 24 to 28 week range. That requires more care than we can sustainably give here on, on Cayman, island. Yeah. We, we can start off the process, but it is literally too difficult to maintain it adequately. Yes. And, and that's the word that we want to use adequately. adequately. 
uh, for, for that family, for that young preterm baby. So, so when it comes down to finances, you know, and, and just personal expense for parents, they, they may not be able to, to handle this. They may, the home, the work, the loan, the car loan, the payments, yep, yep. you know, school fees, yep. groceries. And food for a new baby. And, and food for a new supplies, baby. Supplies, diapers. Supplies, you know, yep. that, that's a lot to yep. consider. And, and even in an affluent country, because I, I consider Cayman to be very affluent, even in an affluent country such as us, it is difficult. It is difficult. Some parents do have challenges financially. And I mean, some people are a little bit more conservative in, you know, coming forward to say, I'm struggling. But when it does come to the forefront when the baby needs um, to be repatriated overseas, to be sent overseas, because one, it's not just the cost of the health care that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. It's the parents day to day living while they are in another country, which is not right. their own country. And L- there's that li- not family support. Living so, out of yes. a hotel is yeah. what I call it. Yeah. E- even though you may, you may have a family friend or a church yeah. friend, you, you're still not home. You're, you're not still home. not in a support. You're still don't know where to eat, where to travel, how to get things. It is difficult when you're living abroad, especially for emergency Yes, reasons. emergency care, intensive yeah, care. Intensive care. You you're wondering, what is the bill going to be at the end of this? Will my insurance cover it at the end? Or will all my insurance be used up for this one one child? Wow. And, and that's, that's heart-wrenching that you're talking about money when you have a, a sick newborn. It, it, it's very difficult to it, talk about because money sometimes is the last thing on the parent's right. mind. All they think, is my baby going to live? Yes, you, you, you're, you're, you're faced with the hard reality of it does cost money to do these things, but then you're not in a mental place to have that conversation because all you're thinking is this is a life or death situation. How do I put a, a numerical value on that? Yeah. Scary. V- very scary. Um, and that can affect not just the mom, the dad, but the kids. I just want to say here is that traditionally I find we focus so much on mommy that mm-hmm. sometimes we forget that daddy struggles as well. Mm-hmm. And I know the men want to be strong because they want to be strong for their partner. He can't fall apart because mom's already falling apart. So he has to be the strong one. He has to try and hold it together. Mm-hmm. But our men, they do struggle as well. And I just want to, you know, shout out to the men who have held it together. But to just to say, um, brother to brother, look out for your brother. Because right. he might not tell you that he's struggling, but you need to kind of look beyond, you know, what you're seeing on the front. The, there's, you know, and, and it it brings me back, you know, of course, uh, November is Movember Day, men's health and men's testicular cancer and all these things. Emotional stress is a huge killer of people, whether you're male, whether you're female. Emotional stress at a time with a sick family member yeah. is bad enough. Emotional stress with a child, premature yeah. term child, is excruciating. You, you know, just just think of it in those types of, of stress level. Imagine now, on top of that, you're working and you're trying to get money and your wife is overseas with a, a child. Yeah. And you are here and, with and the other three. And you're here with the <laughs> other three trying to make it work, trying to 
trying to work to make money so you can pay insurance, to keep the insurance, to keep this go. Wow. It, it, it hurts my head talking about it right now. Yeah. The men do a good job, but sometimes we don't give them enough, you know, pat on the back. Yeah, and we don't give recognition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, kudos to every um, male out there who who has walked the path. And and you know what, support group, you have to do it. And and I, I always say, you know, I, as West Indian men and men in general, we don't reach out to others. We don't talk about family stress. We don't talk about home stress. You know, um, least of all kids. You know, we, we're always first to say if they did something great, but when they're sick, we don't we don't look for support in those areas, and that hurts. I would just want to say, when it comes down to support, use the community resources that are available to you. Your church, schools, community centers, community groups, you know, little groups. Mm -hmm. Use whatever is available. Ask questions. Um, I know people are afraid of asking questions because they might not be asking the right thing. Mm -hmm. As I've always said to the parents on NICU, your question is yours. So you ask me. No question that you have is a stupid question. It's your question. You need to know. Right. I am the person who is supposed to provide you the answer. And if I can't provide you the answer, I will find somebody to provide right. you the answer. Right. Ask your question. Mm -hmm. No question is stupid in NICU. Right. So dads, moms, ask your questions. Understandable. We'll get you to where you need to go. We'll find the group for you. That, that is a perfectly reasonable and understandable approach. Thank you so much. Angela, let, let me let me jump a little because we're getting short on time here. Um, how can we prevent this? We, we've been talking about what happens after all the things that happen uh, when you find out you have a preterm baby going through it. What happens after and continue on? How can we prevent preterm birth? What, well, how, what, what are some of the things we can avoid or what, what okay. can we do to, to avoid? So that? one Plan your pregnancies. You know, statistics shows that 18 months apart between your babies, that's a good time. Two, have a healthy nutrition um, with a variety of fruits, vegetables, and your supplements. Moms, don't forget your, your, your antenatal supplements. Please folic take your acid, yes, I know. Yeah, take I, folic I know if you remember from my old days, yes. Yes. See your healthcare provider. They will advise you as well and keep your regular checks up, especially if you have underlying conditions such as hypertension or diabetes or other comorbidity problems. Speak to your health provider. They will be able to guide you and keep you on regular checkups so these don't get out of hand, which may lead to a preterm baby. Okay. Um, more commonly or not so commonly, alcohol, try and avoid alcohol and smoking. And the use of illicit drugs. Because, you know, some people do say they smoke a marijuana joint every now and again. Try not to. Or if you do illicit drugs, try not to. Because those can predispose you to a preterm baby. Okay. Understandable. And as we raise awareness for the month of November, uh, folks, here, here are some of the things that I know you can do. And, and I'll let uh, Nurse Angela chime in there. Um, thank you so much for listening in today for the conversation. But um, pick up an information leaflet. If you know someone who is planning to have a child or someone who's in the process of, of pregnancy, pick up a leaflet to help them understand what we've been talking about here. 
this this is critical. Information is key. Information is power, and information can help you make the right decisions because that in itself is part of the process. Also, and, and I'll, I'll turn it over to Nurse Angela. What what else can we do for the month of November? I mean, we're doing it throughout the year, but what can we do to help out with this? So on the seventeenth of November, the okay. Let me start saying by saying the entire month of November. Purple Mike here mm -hmm. is Purple Month, which okay. means a prematurity month for awareness for prematurity. So that's a whole month of November. On the 17th specifically, that is our World Premature Day. Mm -hmm. So if you come on down to HSA, right at our atrium at the reception area, um, we'll be having a display, a NICU display um, set up there on the 17th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. You will be able to see a visual of what it looks like or, or what your baby will be in the NICU. So we'll have our incubators there. Okay. We'll have our dolls dressed up as a baby. We'll okay. have all our little things that we use on NICU there. So you can ask your questions right. there. We'll also have leaflets that you can take away and read afterwards. So that's 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And nurses and doctors, depending on their schedule, will be on hand that you can ask, ask your questions, questions as well. Perfect, perfect. And, and, and the good thing about it, folks, is, as she said, if you have a question, ask it. Ask it. There, there is no silly or, or no, no, you know, I don't use the, like the word dumb, but there's, there are no questions like that. All it does is you need the information and the professionals are there to provide it for you. And, and they will do so with the understanding that this is something that you will take to heart and use to better yourself and better the baby. Um, Ness Angela, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank and, you for and, having me. And in closing, um, you know, um, you said you were just new here, but you, you're, you're not new here. Your family, the, the, when you guys already come back on, we can talk throughout the rest of this month because the month is just kicking into gear. So remember, folks, on November 17th, over at the HSA in the main entrance from 11 till 2 p.m., from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m., uh, they're going to be bringing out all of the, I say toys, but all of the, <laughs> all, 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 all of the gadgets, all of like the working it. <laughs> gadgets that they use to, to help keep your baby safe and sound. And also, you know, if you're an expecting mom, stop by there, pick up one of the pamphlets, pick up the information leaflets, and uh, they'll be having ribbons and pens and magnets and things like that for you to wear as for support for this whole month. And you know what? Be good to yourselves, K-Man. This is what I want for each and every one. And also be good to the ones coming up. Thank you so much for, for tuning in today. This is Healthcare Today with the HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor, and I want to, again, thank Nurse Angela. It's been an informative thank conversation. You. Uh, you can always stop by the neonatal unit care and say hello to her if you're in the vicinity because I know sometimes we have some folks always stopping by the hospital. We'll see you. The rebroadcast of this is on Saturday, so tune in for that right here on Bobo 89.1 FM.